if you want something you've never had before, you're gonna have to do something that you've never done before in order to get it. That's Tiffany Dufu. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello, and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Thursday. I'm thankful for you tuning in with me today as we have yet another new featured speaker on the show, and she is the founder and CEO of The Crew, which is a peer-to-peer coaching platform that matches diverse mid-career women in accountability groups based on their individual goals. And she was named to Entrepreneur's 100 Powerful Women and Fast Company's League of Extraordinary Women. And today, she is here to encourage you to do less so you can achieve more. Here's Tiffany Dufu. Enjoy. There are three balls that I had to figure out how to drop that I encourage everyone to really question and drop. And I want to talk about those three for the rest of the brief time that I have with you. The first ball is this unrealistic expectation about who I was supposed to be. So it turns out that all of us are born playing certain roles. If you were born a boy, your first role was probably son. If you were born a girl, your first role was probably daughter. If you have siblings, then you automatically became or eventually became a brother or a sister. Certainly we all become friends, students, eventually workers, some of us wives, husbands, mothers, fathers, managers, citizens. And because For ambitious people, it's not sufficient to just be the role. You, by default, put the word good in front of your role. So it's not sufficient just to be a son. You strive to be a good son. You don't just want to be a friend. You want to be a good friend and a good student. And what I find fascinating about connecting with so many people and listening to their stories is that somehow, even though we're born in different parts of the world, to different families, in different cultures, we all ended up with very similar job descriptions for what it means to be a good anything. I'm the oldest of four girls, and in my good sister job description, it says that I need to respond to my little sister's text messages within two minutes. Like literally, there are two probably right now that say I need $100, right? (laughs) In the good mom job description, There's a line that says, you need to be physically present when your child takes their first steps, okay? Can't tell you the number of times I've heard the story of the woman, she's very stressed, she has to go off to a work event, it's gonna take her to another city, and she just knows as soon as that train pulls out of the station or as soon as that plane takes off, her child, who's about a year old, is gonna start walking, and it will have meant that she's a very bad mother. 
This is despite the fact that no one in this room can tell me that you remember who was there when you took your first steps, right? But this is apparently a very, very important moment in the life of a child that if you miss means you're a very bad mom. In the job description for a good husband, for a good father, there's a line that I think is one of the most insidious that says that you need to aspire to be a breadwinner at all costs, even the cost of meaningfully engaging with your family. And I hope someone writes a book about how men can drop that ball, because I actually think that it will help us change the world. So I had to figure out how to stop living someone else's story and someone else's job description of what I was supposed to be and really get clear about what matters most to me. And it took a lot. That's why I write a whole book about it. But at the end of my journey, it became very clear that what mattered most to me was advancing women and girls, surprise, surprise, nurturing a really healthy relationship with my partner, with my husband, and raising conscious global citizens. And if any of you are wondering, how do I get clear about what matters most to me? There's a number of exercises that I would encourage you to do, but one that's very simple and doesn't cost any money was made very popular by a man named Stephen Covey. And it's a funeral visualization exercise where you imagine your future. Some of you are shaking your head. That's good. Hopefully you've done this. And you imagine people eulogizing you, a friend, a coworker, a family member, and what you would want them to say about you. And when I did this exercise, it became very clear that I didn't want people to just stand up and say, well, you know, she got a lot of things done, right? You want them to say something more important than that. And it really helps you to get out of the trees and into the forest. The second ball that I had to figure out how to drop was this unrealistic expectation about what I was supposed to do. A few years ago, I was leading what I thought was gonna be a time management workshop for a bunch of women, about 80 of them. We didn't get very far though, because the first exercise I asked everyone to do was to write down a list of all of the things they expected to complete in an ideal day. And I mean every single little thing. So if you wake up in the morning and you go to the gym, write that down. If you wake up in the morning and you're just lying in bed for 20 minutes thinking about how you should go to the gym, like write that down. Okay? If you have to walk a dog, get anybody else ready, your commute, your meetings, every little thing until you can't think of anything else. And then I asked them to write down next to each item how long they thought it might take for them to complete each one of those and then to sum it at the bottom. And as I was walking around the tables, looking at everyone's paper as the facilitator, I was having another one of my Tiffany's epiphanies because not one woman in the room had a sum that amounted to less than the 24 hours all of us are given in a day. And some women didn't even have sleep on their list and they were already at the 24 hour mark. And it became very clear to me that there's no wonder that so many of us are walking around with feelings of inadequacy as if we can't get it all done, because our ideal about what we should be getting done is actually humanly impossible. And so I really think it's important for us to ditch the to-do list altogether and to really get clear about our highest and best use. And when I say our highest and best use, I mean a combination of what we do very little well, with little effort, usually because we've done it over and over again, combined with what are the things that only you can do. It would be callous or irresponsible to delegate those things to other people. In fact, I now, when something comes over the fence, can you blurb my book? Can you serve on this committee? Can you 
read this? Can you write this? I go straight to my calendar. If I can't fit it on there, it's a reality check that maybe I need to drop the ball on it or that something on my calendar needs to be dropped. The third ball that I had to figure out how to drop, which is the most ironic one for me because I'm obsessed with helping other people, was this fear of asking other people to help me. Uh, not only was I not good at asking people to help, I engaged in a dynamic that I call imaginary delegation. This is when you assign someone a task and you fully expect them to complete the task. And when they don't, you're annoyed or you're angry, but you never actually tell them that you assigned them the task. And then when common sense prevails and you think to yourself, well, you never actually told her to take the notes or you never actually told him to take out the recycling. You snap back at common sense. Well, when I was an associate, no one had to tell me to take notes. I mean, can't he just see that the recycling needs to get taken out? And then you kind of continue this cycle. So I had to go from imaginary delegation to a completely new dynamic, which is delegating with joy and asking for people for something higher than just the task at hand. And one of the people who I was able to engage and delegate successfully to was my husband. Um, and obviously, I've learned a lot about how to get things done through him. This is my mom, Brenda. And my mom found out that she was pregnant with me when she was 19 years old. My family was from Watts. Her and my dad were in Watts, LA. Is anybody familiar with Watts? Some, some of us. Well, suffice it to say that in the 1970s, Watts was a really rough place. It was a rough time. My mom didn't know anything other than the environment that she was in. But she believed that there had to be something other than this. And she happened to have an uncle who was an army recruiter. And between the big foreboding uncle, as my father tells it, and my mom, he was convinced to join the army. And I was born nine months later at Fort Lewis Army Base in Tacoma, Washington, which is how I'm from Seattle. I'm homesick right now. Oh, I got some whistles. Thank you. <laughs> my parents broke a very vicious cycle of poverty and addiction and violence in one generation. The same guy that had to kick her heroin addiction to even be able to pass the physical exam for the military, eventually went to college on the GI Bill, became a PhD in theology, he became a pastor. I grew up literally in a nice little house with a white picket fence around it, not knowing about any of these cycles personally. Um, which, by the way, is why we live in the greatest country on earth, that you can achieve that kind of progress in just one generation. And in so doing, my parents taught me this fundamental truth, which is that if you want something you've never had before, you're going to have to do something that you've never done before in order to get it. Now, the downside of that truth is that it's really scary to put ourselves out on a limb and to do things that we've never done before, particularly when those things disrupt ourselves and the assumptions that we have about the way that things should be done and about who we are. But the upside of this dynamic is that you could probably get a bit more sleep. Big thanks to Tiffany Dufu for stopping by. I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled, Tiffany Dufu dropped the ball instead of trying to do it all. Keynote speaker, Speak Inc. And if you'd like to connect with her, you can go to her website, tiffanydufu.com. Her Instagram is tdufu, which is spelled D-U-F-U. And 
Her YouTube is entitled Tiffany Dufu. And her latest book is Drop the Ball, Achieving More by Doing Less. And I'll have all the ways to connect with Tiffany and her work along with a link to today's entire talk. They will all be in the show description below. All right, that is a wrap for me. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.